Hello and welcome back, everyone. It's day two of the week. It's Tuesday. That means it's Talk To Me Tuesdays on this Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Miller Thomas, host of this wonderful podcast you guys are listening to today. Go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com to check out all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Some people yesterday told me I wasn't bringing the energy, so we'll make sure to bring extra energy today. We want to make sure we have a great show every time we're out here. So if you guys didn't think I brought it today, just DM me on Twitter at LockedOnDimebacks or email me or email me at LockedOnDimebacks at Gmail because I'm always down for some critique. And then don't forget to twi- uh, tweet me and DM me. Uh, before every Thursday's podcast because it'll be theme Thursdays and then I'll answer all your guys' questions and topics. So don't forget to send me those via Twitter or email. Now, as always, we got a packed show for you guys today. For segment number one today, we're going to be talking about Luke Weaver as we continue our Spotlight Player Series Take a look at his 2019 MLB season with the Arizona Diamondbacks, break it down, and then look ahead and project to how he will perform in the 2020 MLB season. And then for segment number two today, it's Talk To Me Tuesdays. So I'll drop part two of the interview with Diamondbacks insider Austin Grad today. And then at the end of segment number one, we're going to do another Fantasy Minute sponsored by Lee Commission. Well, I'll give you a hard 60 seconds on which Arizona Diamondback I think you should be taking in your upcoming MLB draft. But first, if your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want to reach men between 18 and 44, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now, time for segment number one today. We're going to be continuing continuing our Spotlight Player Series. I'm going to be breaking down Luke Weaver. Yes, you guys know who Luke Weaver is because he was part of one of the most infamous trades in Arizona Dimebacks history. A depressing day for most Dimeback fans. Paul, Goldsch- uh, Paul Goldschmidt, the face of the franchise, superstar, best player easily in the last, what, since Randy Johnson maybe? Uh, for the Arizona Dimebacks, this guy has been a beast. We know what Paul Goldschmidt was for the Arizona Dimebacks. I don't have to get into the minutia of it. And he was traded for a little package that sent us back Luke Weaver, Carson Kelly, uh, a prospect, and Andrew Young, another draft pick. Only Carson Kelly and Luke Weaver are the only really active players for the Arizona Dimebacks right now. We're going to be talking about Luke Weaver today because he came over from the St. Louis Cardinals in that uh, Goldie trade, and he he was really struggling with the Cardinals when he came over. He had a four nine five ERA in that in that season with the Cardinals, and, and just a lot wasn't working for him. Uh, he was going out, he was getting shelled. He pitched a good amount of games that year, twenty five starts. So it wasn't like a small sample size like he had this past season with Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, they had a good uh, a few years to look at Luke Weaver. I mean, he had some better seasons with the the St. Louis Cardinals. They weren't all bad. 
He had one season where his ERA was 388. So that really gave uh, gave them a look into the future, a little glimpse at 388. But then he came back with last year's 495. So really, uh, the Cardinals were just trying to move on for him, throw Carson Kelly in there to upgrade at one of their positions and get a premier player in Paul Goldschmidt. But uh, Luke Weaver was a stud last year with the Arizona Dimebacks. The, the trade definitely looked like a... A small victory for the Arizona Diamond for the Arizona Diamondbacks because Goldschmidt, of course, you guys would love to keep him. He was a fan favorite, yada yada. So produced MVP candidate, but for what you got back, nice solid young catcher, a nice solid young pitcher, and, and Luke Weaver performed last year when he was here. He only had twelve starts, but in those twelve starts, he had a two point nine four ERA. The 9.7 strikeouts per nine. So he he really flipped the switch on the Arizona Dime, uh, Diamondbacks. Unfortunately, he couldn't finish out the year. We saw some injuries that uh, eventually landed him on the injured list before he was eventually shut down for the season. But in those 12 starts, he really showed us a glimpse of uh, what we can expect from him in the upcoming season. You guys know I love to talk about Zach Gallen. Zach Gallen is my guy. I think he's going to be the breakout pitcher, pitcher for the Arizona Diamondbacks. But if he is not that guy, if he's not that number two guy for the Arizona Diamondbacks, or even if he is, there's still another player who could be better than him. Another young guy, another young cannon, and that is uh, Luke Weaver. He can be that number two ace. I always say Zach Gallen's going to be the Walker Bueller to Clayton Kershaw with Madison Bumgarner being Clayton Kershaw in that scenario. But I wouldn't be surprised if Luke Weaver ended up actually being the Walker Bueller in that scenario. I mean, if you just take a look at some of his numbers, I mean, in the games that Luke Weaver won last year, he had a 1.16 ERA. So when Luke Weaver was on, he was on, man. This dude was a beast in the games he won. And if you just looked at how uh, Luke Weaver fared in terms of run support, it really didn't matter how much offense his team was providing him, whether it be zero runs, two runs, four runs, six or more runs. His ERA, his ERA was pretty consistent. He was always hovering around that 2.9 to 3.3 ERA. So it really doesn't matter what's going on around him. Luke Weaver is always going to perform. It's really just matters what he does and how he's feeling that day. One big leap that Luke Weaver took that I think was the main piece, I think what that was critical in his development, was how he switched up his pitches. Coming into the league, the story on Luke Weaver was he's a fastball, change-up guy with an occasional curveball. That was his third pitch, but he was mostly fastball, change-up. And the curveball wasn't working for him. That was his pitch that got slammed the most. It was his most ineffective pitch. Uh, if you just look at fan graphs, it'll show you that it was his most ineffective pitch. But then last season with Arizona Dimebacks, he actually switched it up. He started throwing more cutters than he did curveballs. And that helped him out a lot because then, since he was throwing more cutters, it actually added a fourth dimension, a fourth pitch to his arsenal. Now he wasn't just fastball, changeup. Now you could throw the cutter in there to really get guys out. And it actually improved his curveball. If you look at his numbers, he actually got more swings and misses. And the opposing, the, the opposing batter's batting average went down on his curveballs because he was using his cutter more, if that makes sense. Because the cutter was being used more, it was making his curveball more effective. Now he, has, now he had four pitches in his arsenal 
to go through instead of just the normal fastball change-up combination with the occasional curveball. Now he's, now he was like, oh, am I going to throw my cutter now on the inside half to get this guy? Am I going to throw my curveball, you know, sweeping outside, keep it low, hitting hitting the outside corners, the, the bottom of the corner, really. So now he can move left to right. He, was, he really had that horizontal pitching style going left to right, using the whole strike zone. So that really helped out Luke Weaver a lot, having that full arsenal. And I really think if he continues to build on that, really look at uh, what works for him, continue to use that cutter, use the curveball when you can, and just continue to improve your your two strengths of your arsenal, your fastball changeup. Just continue uh, working overall and then just relying on Bass and Bumgarner as that leader, looking up to him. There's a lot you can learn from him. So if he just takes everything into consideration, throw it all in a big melting pot, and if he drinks that uh, that gumbo, then I think Luke Weaver has a chance to be what I keep talking about Zach Gallon is going to be. And that is that number two starter in the Arizona Diamondbacks rotation. Now it's time for your Fantasy Minute, sponsored by Lee Kamish. So I'm going to give you a hard 60 seconds which player I think you should be taking in your upcoming MLB draft. And that player, I think, is Starling Marte. I think Starling Marte is going to get back to the player that we've seen when he was making the all-star team uh, with the Pittsburgh Pirates. I think he didn't have as much talent with him in Pittsburgh the last couple of years as he does now with the Arizona Dimebacks. Uh, the last, last season, if you look at his numbers defensively, his metrics were down across the board. So I think playing in Arizona where all these defensive-minded players around him are going to help his overall stats. I don't think he'll get as many errors. His outfield assists will be up. So if you're counting defensive stats like that, I think he'll greatly improve. And then I think he'll get more opportunities to score runs and bring guys home. He's going to have guys like Ketel Marte, Eduardo Escobar to bring him. Uh, well, I guess maybe not Ketel Marte because I think he's going to be batting ahead of him. But guys like Cole Calhoun and Eduardo Escobar behind you, power guys, and a Christian Walker. Those are three straight 30 home run guys that are going to be backing up Starling Marte. So they're going to be bringing him home. And then like having someone like Ketel Marte and David Peralta in front of you to get it started. I think there's just going to be more opportunities to to score runs and bring guys home for Starling Marte. I think he's just going to have a greater season than what we've seen in the last couple of years. I think he will start to get back to that all-star form. Now, you guys are going to want to stay tuned for segment number two today because I'm going to be dropping part two of the Austin grad interview, Diamondbacks Insider, after this quick message. What are you doing for the game? Whether you're the casual follower, the tweets-everything person, the beginner, the diehard, the stat nerd, the smack talker, the appetizer guy, the couldn't care less or the makes everything into a competition person, we all have our place in the sports world. The same personalities apply to fantasy sports, and Lee Kamish exists to ensure your fantasy sports experience is the best one for you. We match managers to leagues as we lay the foundation for your new league. It's as easy as sign up with your preferences, get matched, and approve of that match before any commitment on your end. Sign up with Lee Commish by February 29th and receive 15% off by entering in the code LOCKED ON in the referred by section of the sign up form. The first 25 people to sign up using our code receive their first match free. So, what are you doing for the game? 
Find your next fantasy sports league at leaguecommission.com. Welcome back to the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Here is part two of the Austin Grad interview that I promised. Okay, now continuing with the regression theme, do you think Ketel Marte will continue his MVP play from last season? If you did a bar bet with people, they probably wouldn't be able to tell you that Ketel Marte finished fourth in MVP voting last season. So do you think he could continue that MVP caliber, caliber play? Yeah, well, you know, Ketel Marte is also another player that I have liked following since his stint with the D-backs. Obviously, going back to the Mariners, didn't play too much. But, you know, he, I think, is, again, on his way up. He signed a really cheap deal about a year and a half ago, six years, I believe $42 million. So he's only making $7 million a year, and that's for another four-plus years. So I think he's going to continue to trend upwards, and he's going to want that big contract extension saying, hey, you guys got me at a discount at the start, you know. I don't know if he's going to be an MVP candidate next year just because I think there's more pieces now, the Diamondbacks, that are going to take away from his glory. And, you know, guys like Starla Marte is going to be – Getting his 80 RBIs, Cole Calhoun's going to be getting his share of 30 home runs. So, you know, you're just going to regress that way a little bit. But I think he's still going to have another great all-star caliber season for the Diamondbacks. Yeah, I think he's just a stud. And I hopefully, I, I think he will continue the MVP, uh, MVP caliber play. I think the Diamondbacks need him to continue at least be an all-star if they want any chance of making the playoffs. He was by far the best player in the lineup last year. I mean, 30 home runs, 300 average. You could go on and on about his stats. So he definitely stepped up to the plate last year and showed his value. Um, how do you think the D-backs lineup, though, stacks up against the rest of the NLS? Uh, we could even bleed the Mookie Betts question into this because the Dodgers, of course, recently acquired the MVP outfielder from the Boston Red Sox. So how do you think the D-backs lineup uh, just compares to the rest of the NLS? Well, obviously, the Dodgers are and have continued to be the class of the NLS and the NL and general and you know I think they obviously still have the best lineup moving forward in the whole um, conference national league but you know I think the Diamondbacks are probably in that second spot they're vowing you know with the Padres who have Tatis Jr. Machado Osmer they have all those guys you know that are really starting to play well but I think they edge them out because their consistency the Diamondbacks I think their players are a little more consistent in that regard and you know guys like David Peralta every single year he's going to have 25 plus home runs 90 plus RBIs hitting 280. And, you know, guys like Eduardo Escobar expected to continue that as well. So I think the Diamondbacks are probably number two right now in the NL West. The Rockies have really gone downhill. You know, recently Nolan Arenado questions about his availability or moving forward. The Giants, you know, they kind of just went through a whole roster turnover this summer. So, you know, you don't know what to expect from them. So I think they're probably second right now. Yeah, I would probably have to agree with that as well. Obviously, the Dimebacks don't have the stars like the Dodgers do, or even some other teams in their division, like the Rockies, who have Arenado and Story, and as you said with the Braves, Tatis Jr., and even the Padres with Manny Machado. But like you said, I do think the Dimebacks do have the most consistent players out of any of those teams. A lot of those guys, they're big names, but they don't always produce for you. Or they have a lot of young players who are inexperienced or not ready yet at the major league level. Everyone on the Diamondbacks seems to be between 24 and 30 years old. So they're all hitting their strides, all in their prime of their careers. I think they're all just at a higher maturity level than some of the other teams in the NL West. Now, what kind of pitcher do you think the D-backs got in Madison Bumgarner? Obviously, he's on the wrong side of 30 now. 
uh, arguably coming off their worst season of his career, but was able to poach him for a pretty good deal from a rival in the San Francisco Giants. I think he could still be a stud, but I don't expect Cy Young caliber stuff from him probably at this stage of his career, but I think it'd still be a pretty high-end number one. Yeah, well, I mean, his whip is kind of around the same as his career average. You know, strikeouts, still over 200 last year, which is good. Yeah. You know, he pitched in 34 games, which is a high for him in the last, you know, three, four years. So that's a good sign that at least he was able to play. Now, the Giants in the hole, it was Bruce Bochy's last year, you know, as manager. So there's kind of a feeling around there that might have gone into the play. But, you know, I think Bumgarner is going to take responsibility that ace spot obviously and gonna try to prove that you know he's better than Granky and there's a reason why they got rid of Granky and ended up signing him in free agency and you know the way he could rank as well at that pitcher spot is going to help the lineup even more you know when you have him batting ninth and then you know he could get on base get Mar the two Martes behind him batting him in so I think overall he's going to have a much better year than his 3.90 ERA which still isn't bad it's just his worst of his career. I think he's going to get under three, actually, like at a 2.95 rate for ERA. He's going to have a great all-star caliber year. Yeah, the only thing that gives me a little trepidation is that he's moving from that San Francisco Giants ballpark, which is very pitcher-friendly, obviously. The outfields are huge, and they move in a place like Chase Field. It's, uh, the fences are a little bit more in, so maybe he gives up a few more long balls. Gave up a decent amount last season, so hopefully that trend doesn't continue. I think overall in the season, he'll still be close to an all-star caliber player. And considering the contract they gave him, it wasn't too enormous. He's the highest paid player on the D-backs. And he's making under $25 million a year, I believe. Mm -hmm. So he's still on a great bargain contract. And for what he is, a three-time World Series champ, he'll definitely take it. Yeah, I think he's under $20 million a year. And, you know, to go back to how he struggled with the Giants last year, the Diamondbacks' defense is much better than the Giants was last year. They have gold glovers around the whole diamond. So, you know, when you have guys like Starling Marte in the outfield and you have guys like Nick Ahmed at shortstop, Escobar at third base, you know, he, they're going to save some runs for him, which could help going forward. Yeah, that is probably the Dimebacks' biggest strength is their defense. They do have gold glove caliber players all around the diamond. And they, they were one of the best teams last year in terms of errors given up. They didn't give up too many on the baseball field. So I do think they will at least continue that trend. That's something that's been consistent under the Mike Hazen and Tori Lavello era. Thank you guys for listening in today. You guys are going to want to tune in again tomorrow. Because it's where we at Wednesday, so I'll take a look at where the uh, where the Arizona Diamondbacks stand right now, heading into the MLB season, and I'll do another player player review in our spotlight player review. I'll talk about uh, Merrill Kelly tomorrow, so you guys are gonna wanna tune in for that. See y'all tomorrow. Peace.